thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And welcome to yet another mind-blowing, shizballs, maze bang podcast. I'm coming up with new ones every week, I think. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I crack myself up. Cindy, you are going to do today's intro because we have another one of your amazing discoveries on today's show, the beautiful Madison Wright. And I think that today's show is going to be um, inspiring beyond words. So I can't wait. Fill us in on on who Madison is for you. I will. But before I talk about Madison, I I want to just talk about somebody that I know that is approximately the same age as Madison. And Madison's 20 years of age who was given the diagnosis of epilepsy and um, she was a good friend of one of my daughters and I had talked to her and I said, you know that we can do diet and we can help you with that, um, but it is the ketogenic diet that is um, that usually works better than the medications. And her being a 20-year-old, 21-year-old girl said, Cindy, but I want to live my life. I don't want to have to do that type of diet. I want to go out drinking and partying and and have fun. So when, so I, I made no dent in her wanting to change her diet, and and therefore I couldn't help her. So I um, listened to the beautiful Don Chisholm. He does a, a video series, and I was listening to him do a video with this beautiful woman or this young woman named Madison Wright who had a disease, not the same as epilepsy, but had a disease and made the decision that she was going to change her lifestyle and her diet and whatever else it took in order to not be uh, given the lifelong diagnosis of Crohn's disease. Um, So Madison, welcome. And I am in awe of you as a young woman that the things that you've had to do in order to get your health back, but it's paid off, hasn't it? A hundred percent. It was worth everything. Yeah. So let's go back uh, when mm-hmm. you first realised and not, uh, and, and, you know, yeah, when you first realised that you didn't have the health that you should have had, when, when did it start and what did you come up with? Well, I've never been healthy. I was always prone to chest infections, colds, you name it, I picked it up. And it all started about, when I was about 12, I was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. So coming with that was all the medications, which just made my immune system non-existent pretty much. And a few years after that, um, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And more and more things happened. There was not a day where I woke up and felt healthy or felt good about myself, nothing. I was always sick and I knew that I was looking at everyone around me and all my friends at school and they were full of energy. I knew that how I was living wasn't right. I wasn't even living. It was just existing and I was waking up every morning to have tablets. I wasn't, you know, waking up wanting to go and do stuff because I had didn't have the energy to do anything. So 
let's just explain these two diseases first. Let's just yeah. start with uh, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Tell us what first alerted to you, what were the symptoms, and then what did the doctor give you or say to you when you were given this diagnosis at the age of 12? Well, it took a good about two years to diagnose what it was because all it started with was I had a swollen knee and I was complaining about the pain and they thought, oh, you know, you've just pulled something or you'll be fine, it's growing pains. They made, they just used every excuse they could. And finally um, I got into a really good specialist and he said, you know, you've got rheumatoid arthritis. Um, and when I was in that appointment, he just said, here's the medication you're going on. He gave me steroids, he gave me... Uh, methotrexate, which is a chemotherapy medication, and set me on my way. There was no, these are side effects, this is going to change your life a bit. There was nothing. I was told what to do, not given any options or explanations of really what the disease was. I went home that night and started researching, you know, what they diagnosed me with and all the side effects of the medication, which was really, really scary. Especially for, a, you know, a young woman because... Um, Madison, how old are you now? I'm 20 now. 20. Wow. So at 12, you went home and researched the medication. Did I googled everything. It was probably it was good to do, but also probably not so much because I did scare myself a lot. Wow. I remember going to my mother and crying, not and just saying, "Why are they putting me on this? What? Why me? Why not my friends? You know, why am I the only one that has this problem?" Can I just say that you made a really good point there? which I think could be across all, all areas of investigation. As you researched, you scared yourself. I think for all of us, the more we research something, it can be very scary because all of a sudden you're understanding things that you didn't really know or you get to understand and comprehend the enormity of the issue and things like that. And I, I would just love to say on that note alone that how did you persevere through the scariness? I needed to know my path and if I was on this medication, I needed to know what to expect from it. I needed... At 12. I think, I'm sorry, I'm just yeah. going at 12. You no. okay, you're, you're amazing, Madison. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> I just, I don't know, the medication, I think, as soon as I read that it was chemotherapy medication, that scared me mm. because, you know, at 12 it's... If someone's dying of cancer, they are on chemo. That's all I knew about it was if you're dying, that's when you have chemo. So I really scared myself. So what did you do once you'd researched it and realised the prognosis? And, and for those people who don't know the prognosis of um, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, it's where um, all of your joints slowly degrade and the possibility of every single joint having to be a replacement. Is, yes. is the prognosis. So it's not a great one. Um, so tell me, what, what did you do once you realised your prognosis and the medications you were on? What was your next step? Well, I spoke to my mum about it and said, you know, what do I do? And she said, you've got to do what the doctor said because then I didn't know that there was other options. I had no idea of, um, you know, going down a natural path or, or anything. So I got all the steroid injections, I did everything they said and, you know, with doing that, my health got worse because that's when I started having um, a lot of belly issues and then I was diagnosed with Crohn's. 
So instead of when I was diagnosed with the arthritis, instead of looking for other options, I did everything they said and it just made me worse and I went down the completely wrong path. And when you were diagnosed with the Crohn's disease, did they um, blame that on the medications or they just said, well, you had one uh, autoimmune disease, therefore you get another one and another one? What was their belief there? They pretty much said that all autoimmune systems, uh, autoimmune diseases are linked. So, you know, if you get one, it is a high chance of you getting another one. And they couldn't really do much more for it because um, I was already on the chemotherapy, which they use for Crohn's disease. So they gave me another one, which was an injection, a Humira injection, which they're $2,800 per injection. Um, if you're not approved by the government. So it wasn't just a, you know, have pop two Panadol and you'll be fine. It was a big deal and a big decision to go on the medication. So going on from getting the Crohn's, oh, let's let's first talk about the prognosis of, of Crohn's disease mm-hmm. too so that people know, because a lot of people may not know um, what you were facing at the age of 14, 15. So um, Crohn's disease is a, another autoimmune disease where basically you eventuate where most of your gastrointestinal um, large bowel is taken out and you're left with a colostomy bag for the rest of your life, which means um, it's not great, is it? No, there was, and once again, you know, I was diagnosed with it, but I was, they never explained what it was because you're in the doctors for your 10-minute appointment and you're given a script. There's no, you know, you need to sit down and understand what's going on, the changes you'll have in the future. There was nothing. Again, I went home and I researched it myself. So no no question about what are you eating, seeing as it was your bowel and the food goes through there. There was, they didn't ask those questions at all nothing about diet nothing about diet because i'd already had the rheumatoid arthritis they assumed it was just all linked yeah can i ask a question sweetheart your mum would have been very worried i would imagine and very concerned about it she wasn't someone to want to inquire the way you were or did you find you were teaching her things? How did Because she would have felt very vulnerable in all of this, I would imagine. Mum was very, she wanted, she didn't know how to be there for me or anything like that because, you know, she had never experienced anything like this. So we were pretty much both learning together. And during this, she also had bowel cancer. So I had to watch her have problems and she had the colostomy bag. So I was thinking, you know, she had so much trouble with that. That's what my future's going to be like. So that was, that just pushed me over the edge, I think. Oh, my goodness, my love. This is just like compounding one thing after another. I, I'm sitting here wondering where you found the, because I mean, I think that this podcast is about a couple of different things, truthfully. I think it's definitely about how you've, you know, how you've found your way through physically um, and with the steps that you've taken and the food that you've eaten and what you've done for yourself. But I think, uh, you know, at, at, at such a young age, you're not equipped with the experience and the wherewithal to actually know how to handle this from a mental and an emotional and psychological perspective. I'm incredibly curious to understand how you um, managed to pull up such big guns mm-hmm. to really support yourself 
through something so terrifying that you could not have known what to do with, much less now I'm hearing that your mum was going through her own trauma. So you're not only just fearful for yourself, you're fearful for her. How did, where did, where do you come from? <laughs> Good because question, this is, Karen. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is way beyond mm. what a 12-year-old has the capacity to deal with. What did... I mean, obviously you do what you instinctively know to do and you, and, and it's, you know, we find a level of coping beyond our years. What was going through your mind? How did you support yourself through this? Well, my school and the doctors suggested counsellors and everything and I refused to do it. I refused to talk about my feelings or anything. I would didn't even go to my mum to talk about how I was feeling. I knew that she was going through something as well, so I had to put on a brave face for her. I helped her out around the house and just focus on her getting better and then I can worry about myself later. So I pushed it to the back of my mind, I think, about my health and I just kept taking the tablets and doing what I was told to do, but it didn't help. I just had, I, at that stage, I was worried about my mum. So do you think that get her better? Do you think that you were potentially in a state of denial for yourself? Definitely, yeah. I didn't even want to really think about myself or think about what I was going through because I thought, you know what, I'm not facing cancer. So yeah. what I had did, didn't matter. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> It's almost as if you rise above it or you rise beyond it so that then um, you're not trapped in the detail of the, of the concern or the fear of it. You just rise, beyond, rise above it or beyond it so that then you can deal with it. Yeah, definitely. Amazing woman, amazing girl you are. <laughs> Jeepers. So anyway, Karen. What's the, um, what, you know, what turned you away from, perhaps a little bit of denial and raising above the things because of your mom and everything. What do you think, uh, what was it that changed you? Was there a pivotal point in time? Was it something you read? Was it a person you spoke to? Was it, what created that change? I think it was just seeing all of my friends live a normal life and be full of energy and everything. And I, I didn't want to be seen as, the oh that poor sick girl that I didn't want any attention for being sick. I wouldn't tell people I was sick. I wouldn't. I would make sure I had all my tablets and things away from everyone because I didn't want to be that sick girl. I wanted to be like everyone else, and I was determined just to be normal. So, how old were you when um, you realised the tablets weren't working? That things were getting worse. Um, you've had two diagnoses now, so. You know, how old were you and what did you do? Um, at about 17 when, you know, everyone was finishing school, which I actually had to do homeschool for the last two years because I was just too sick to go to school. Um, it was at the end of grade 12 where I realised, what am I doing? Because I, I was told that I wouldn't be able to work full time. I would just burn myself out. Everyone was going off to uni and, you know, looking forward to their careers and I was I didn't have anywhere to go. I had nothing to do and I knew that I had to make a change. Something had to change 
whether it was my diet, medication, lifestyle, something had to change because I didn't want to be nothing in life. I wanted to make something of myself. And so what did you do? Tell me what you did to make that change. Well, the worst thing was um, I had to, I was put into hospital, sorry, um, with a a Crohn's flare up and that really broke me down and it was just complete luck that my mum ran into Ruth, Don's um, wife, at the bank and somehow they got talking and she said, my mum explained my story and I started on a fermented food-based product and it was from there that I think it gave me that little bit of energy and boost to want to change more things in my lifestyle, to want to eat healthy because I wasn't eating healthy. I had no craving for healthy food. I was, I didn't even have energy to, you know, go out and exercise to make myself feel better. I needed something else to give me that start to be able to eat healthy and have a healthy lifestyle. So just tell me, so your mum, you have the, the angels arrived <laughs> and your mum Pretty much, is, yeah. is at a hospital and the angels made sure that your mum ran into the wife of Don Chisholm, who is a wonderful health expert here on the, on the Gold Coast. Who wrote the book, Have You Got the Guts to Be Well? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the angels conspired, ran your mum into Ruth, then what was her advice? It was to start on a fermented food. That was the first and the only step you changed. Is that right? Yes. Uh, the next day Ruth came around and brought me Don's book and said, have a read of this and all I want you to do is have an eighth of a teaspoon of this powder. And at this stage I'm thinking, here we go, another supplement, another thing. I was sick of trying everything because nothing was working, absolutely nothing. So when I started, I didn't have any faith in the product at all because I just thought it's just another one. But after reading Don's book and I finished it that night, I thought, okay, you know, maybe maybe this will work. And the next day I felt a little bit better because at this stage my Crohn's was more constipation. So I was having – I tried every laxative possible and I was having about 20 prune lax tablets a night when the recommended dose is one to three. So the day after I first had the probiotic, my belly just felt better. And I, I can't explain how it was. And then from then it was almost, you know, helping my bowels. So I was I lo- started lowering the dose of prune lax. So it was just little subtle changes. Mm. But is other this, than that, is this how I was full of probiotic. So you you know, one eighth of a teaspoon, like this is this is pretty potent. And the and the, the formula you're talking about, I'm very excited and proud to say is Cindy's Changing Habits Probiotics formula. So yeah, Don makes it for me. Yeah, so mm. tell us tell us sorry, was it just a very short amount of time that you'd started noticing change? What was your thoughts then? Is this a wonder drug? (laughs) I honestly didn't understand how a pinch of powder, which is just a food, can make (laughs) you feel so different. You know, I was having so many tablets and if all these, you know, expensive, like a $3,000 needle can't make me feel better, how can a pinch of powder make me, give me energy? 
I did not understand it. But let's just talk about that powder just for a minute. That powder is, and so people understand it, that powder is food that has been fermented and then dried um, under Don's formulation. And people don't realise the power of food. It's not a probiotic in that um, it's been made on a Petri dish. This is real food. So... How long did you just do the powder for before you thought about other things to do? Um, well, when I first heard about probiotics, and I had been on probiotics for all I thought it was, was a eucalypt. And I had tried them and nothing helped. So when I, when Ruth said, you know, it's a probiotic powder, I kind of lost more faith because it's I've had probiotics before, it doesn't work. Mm. Um, so... When I started noticing the difference, it gave me. I had a. It's hard to explain that I had a craving for healthy foods and things, but I did. My taste buds completely changed. I was one to have a block of chocolate for dinner. That was normal because I didn't feel like anything else. So once my appetite started to change, I start. I realized that if I can feel this good just with a powder, what else can I do? What else can I change? What else can I add? And um, all I wanted was to get better and better, so that kind of pushed me. Well done. So tell me what you did then. What, what were the um, changes that you made after that pushed you? Um, my diet started to improve, definitely. Um, so no more lots of chocolate? <laughs> no lots of chocolate. And even now I don't. I can have a block of chocolate in the fridge for a month and not touch it. It's weird because I was such a sweet tooth, such a sweet tooth. And even coffee, I was having uh, maybe 10 cups a day minimum. What? Because I just – As a young woman. I was craving energy. Wow. As a young woman, you were taking 10 coffees a day with milk and sugar? Yeah, two sugars every day. (laughs) Holy shit. And was that because you wanted energy? Because I thought that coffee would give me energy. Oh, that's that's it. Oh, gosh. You know, you know what I, th- I think, Madison? I think it's really sad that you went to professionals and they never inquired about your diet, that they never questioned, even when you got rheumatoid arthritis, um, the juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, that they never questioned what you were consuming. It dumbfounds me to this very day that our medical specialists do not realise that food is what makes our cells and gives the body the intelligence to know what is friend, which is its own body, from the enemy. Because basically what rheumatoid arthritis is, is it's the body attacking the joints. Uh, the body is eating the joints. It doesn't know that it's not the enemy. It thinks it's the enemy, and so it continues to consume the joints, and it goes, obviously, it started in your knee. So it really confounds me that nobody asked you that question. Mm. No. It was straight on to, we've got this medication that will solve the problem. There was no questions at all. How did they respond when you started feeling better? How was the medical... Uh, field's reaction to you starting to get a little better? Well, I took the tub of probiotic to one of my specialist appointments 
just about, yeah, you know, how are you going? I said, well, actually, I'm starting to feel better. I've been on this product. You know, I brought it with me so you can have a look. And the doctor didn't even glance at it. He wanted nothing to do with it. Well, you know what? I had a, another client um, take the, our probiotics to their doctor and the doctor just looked and went, this is not probiotics. This is just this is just a bunch of food. <laughs> And, and, and it's not going to do you any good. And it was like, oh my gosh, it's just, it's quite amazing. So they didn't even want to look at what you were taking. What, so when you started, like you must have been having blood tests and it must have been showing that, you know, your uh, markers um, for the autoimmune diseases were going down. What were they saying then? They were just saying, oh, you know, your medication's starting to work, that's good. And I thought, there's no arguing with a doctor because apparently the doctor always knows best. So I pretty much thought, okay, I'll do what you're telling me to do, but I'm going to go off and do my own path. I'm going to do my research. So that's when I really started to look into nutrition and what I could do for my body to make it better and you ignore rebel. what they were <laughs> You rebel, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I just love your courage. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just blown away by your courage and your stance. And I mean, you're so young now. You're just so going to be a force to be reckoned with. I say, look <laughs> out, world. Hey, yeah. Tell, tell us then. So you're only twenty. So we're only talking in the last five years, six years that this has all happened. Yeah. So where did it lead you to? What happened as you started getting well? Where? Tell us the next part of your journey. This is amazing. Yeah, totally. Well, I went to Don and pretty much said, you know, I'm feeling better, I'm getting better, you know, what can I do? And he said, well, you can start working here, do a couple of hours, and that was completely new to me because I was told, you know, at the age of 15 that, sorry, your body can't handle work, pretty much. It was just chill out, take the tablets, and you'll just exist. There was no living at all. So I started, you know, doing a few hours a week of work and, enjoying that and then also I could never make plans in advance because I didn't know how my body would be that day so I since I was getting better I was starting to attend more things and I could hang out with my friends I could go out and be a normal you know teenager and do all this that I didn't even think I would ever have be able to do is it just um are you full-time there now I'm coming up to full-time, so I'm doing about three to four days a week, but it's going to be full-time soon for sure. And it's so good to know that I have a career ahead of me. I can make something of myself now. I'm not just going to be the sick girl, which I hated the label of, and that's the label that I was given in school because you were always treated differently, always. So what will be your career? What 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 do you want to do? Um, I know you're working at New Firm with uh, Don and and every time I ring the phone, new phone, there's always somebody else who answers the phone. Well, Ruth answered just before, <laughs> um, who was your angel who happened to bump into your mum. Um, so, what 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 is your future? Where do you how? To, oh God, I've got so many questions for you. You know, you have such um, you have such an amazing story. And there are so many young women and men out there like you that 
don't haven't heard this. Don't have the angel Ruth run into their mother. Um, but they're listening to this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're hoping is that we're hoping that there will be some mothers maybe listening to this or fathers listening to this or young people who are listening to this and realise that um, there is hope past diagnosis and medications, especially methotrexate and all the um, steroids that our doctors seem to be giving um, people with autoimmune diseases. And by the way, autoimmune diseases are increasing at a phenomenal rate. The statistics out of the US are that 17% of um, Americans have an autoimmune disease that's diagnosed and they're thinking that there's a lot more out there that don't even know that they have an autoimmune disease because they might be in your state where you've just got growing pains because of that knee sore or, or whatever. So tell me, where, do you, where are you hoping your future is going to go in the way um, of maybe helping other people? All I want to do is get my message out and give other people hope and know that you don't have to go down the path that the doctor tells you to. There are other ways and I don't know how I'm going to do this and I don't know how to get the attention to so many people but somehow I need to get the message out that, hey, I was told at 12 that I can't work and I wouldn't be able to do anything but at 20, you know, I'm fine, I can go out on weekends, I can work, I can do all these things I was told I wouldn't be able to do. So all I want to do is get my message out. Tell us then what you do do. What's your day look like? How do you, what do you eat? What do you do to look after yourself? How do you keep yourself well? What does that look like for Madison Wright? Um, well, it's not even really anything special. You know, get up in the morning and I have obviously my probiotic or have um, maybe, you know, a veggie fry up or something for breakfast and get to work, just have a busy day. I can run around and be flat out and not be exhausted and have to sleep for a week afterwards. And all I've changed, the changes in my diet have just been clean, just clean eating. And it's not because I'm forcing myself that, oh, you know, I've got to have healthy food. It's I want healthy food. If I have something filled with sugar, I feel disgusting. And I've got still at the end of the day after a big day of work, I've still got the energy to go for a walk in the afternoon and things like that. So I wouldn't say that I've changed dramatically and I'm taking a billion different supplements and I'm forcing myself to do three hours of gym a day or anything like that. I'm just eating clean and, you know, doing a bit of walking and staying a bit active. That's about it. I think you need to reiterate clean though. Yeah. (laughs) Because for a lot of people, they think they're eating clean. So tell us what clean means to you. Um, Fruit, vegetables, meat, a lot of herbs and spices, just very minimal dairy. I don't have much dairy at all. Um, And just staying away from really heavy carbs and sugars. And when you say meat and eggs and things like that, where do you go and get your meat and eggs and, and what do you do to go and get them? And are you, do, you t- do you eat grain at all, grains? I'm lucky enough to have the Helen's Bar Farmers Markets, which has heaps of fruit, veg and organic meats as well. Um, I do very rarely have the odd bit of bread, but I, as soon as I have it, I feel gross afterwards. I know that that's just not for me. Some people can tolerate, tolerate it, some people can't. So I do try and st- stay as far away from grains as I can. 
to the markets. It's a it's a wonderful ritual, isn't it? Going you, now on that note. How about your yeah. mum? How's she doing? And is this the journey that you've continued together, that she goes to the markets with you? How's her health? Tell us about your mum. Her health did improve. Um, she had the surgery for cancer and things like that. And then once I started the probiotic, she was a little bit sceptical on it, and just as I was as well, thinking, you know, here's another product, here's another powder. And... About after three or so weeks of seeing the changes in me, she said, I need to see Don. I want to speak with Don. I <laughs> you know, sleep other with options. Don. <laughs> oh, no, speak with Don. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and mum's one, mum doesn't have a good diet. She loves chocolate. She loves her chips. She loves everything. So I wasn't expecting her to try the powder. I really wasn't, but she's been on it for about a year and a half and she has green barley every morning as well. She's loving it, which is not like my mum at all. And I've also started to get more and more family on it because I think, you know, you can say to them how amazing something is, but until they witness someone else change and look good and have all that energy, that's kind of when it sinks in and goes, okay, this does work. And then by example is usually the way it is, is that, you know, a picture paints a thousand words and, and that's what you're doing. I just I want to tell you a little story about a friend of the three of us um, who at 16 realised that there was something wrong with her and ignored it until she could ignore it no longer when she was diagnosed with... Um, Epithelium, epitheloid sarcoma, um, and the doctors wanted to cut her arm off. And um, she did the, in the end, the 24 hours before they cut her arm off, they or were about to cut her arm off, they said, look, we have this new treatment we're going to try, which we want to pump um, chemotherapy into your arm um, and tourniquet your arm and, and see if that works instead of cutting it off. And a year later, the cancer came back and she decided that doing, and so she's probably about 22, 23 at this point, the cancer comes back and um, she decides that she's going to change the way she does things. She's not going to listen to the doctors anymore. And she goes on this amazing journey uh, where she begins to heal herself and writes an amazing blog becomes world-renowned famous because of the journey that she goes on. And a blog is a really good way to get your information out. And the people that you probably need to target are the, the young people because the young people don't realise um, that you can, like you weren't even able to live a teenage life until you started to do this. So I, my suggestion would be you start a blog because you don't have a blog, do you, at the moment? No, I don't have anything really, no. <laughs> well, we have a suggestion for you. We think you should start a blog <laughs> and we will, we will let our listeners know um, that you have started your blog because I think it's important that they know um, a, a journey is, is such a, a story is the best way to um, – 
tell people about what's happened. And your story is really interesting. You're, you know, the story of when you were 12 and, um, and then having Crohn's and then the whole angel coming into your life, which is Ruth. And, and now you're working for Don, which I think is absolutely amazing. So, um, I know when we asked you that at the beginning of this, we said, Oh, well, how do people contact you? And you just said through Don, um, and, and, you know, that's one way, but I think you should start a blog and we would love to tell our listeners ab- about, you know, what you're doing. In fact, here's the challenge. Get the blog started before this goes live so we can put it in the notes. How about that? <laughs> okay, let's do it. I'm willing to do anything just to get my message out there. That there's, I think we give up too early and just listen to one person, whether that be a doctor or something, and just go, okay, that, you know, they've told me that's it. But I think it's important to pull your own research in and know that there's other options out there. See, I think you could call it the Madison movement because it is a new movement and revolution of young people educating young people through experience, knowledge, um, finding mentors, and, you know, like it is a movement, I think, for young people. Would you agree, Karen? Because I think we would, you know, we, we're seeing yeah. more and more younger people starting to speak up and have a voice. And there is a real revolution going on with young people being affected by illness so much, mm, isn't it? Very much. That mm. we need. And, and as much as they'll hear it from parents and they may hear it from certain doctors, there's nothing grander than hearing a young person tell another young person what they've learnt. Um, within a few years of age and age bracket, you just connect on another level. Maybe you could even create an app. Now, could we do that within the next week? <laughs> my mind boggles. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> I think social media is a big way to get the message across because yes. that you've got your young target audience there already. Where I understand that if you know you have your grandmother say, "Oh, you know, it's, you've got to change what you're eating or something," it's yeah, yeah, whatever. I think you've got to have someone kind of in your group, that young influence, just, hey, how I'm feeling, look what's changed for me. And, and, you know, also talk to the mums out there too, sweetheart, because a lot of mums do the best that they can with the knowledge that they have, um, and they're just as scared, if not more scared, and because perhaps a lot of mums out there have been brought up with the, um, the, the, the feeling that doctors are the ones that know everything. And, and, I'm, and I'm telling you, there's a lot of amazing doctors out there too. Mm. So it's not this is not a doctor. It's not about knocking doctors because it's about finding the right doctors or the ones that work for you. So, you know, maybe the odd post or blog that you write is how, how I influenced my mom and how you have created that change for her. So write to it for your peers, but also talk to us mums because, um, you know, if, if there was – let me ask you it here and now. What would be your piece of advice to a mother who had a child with your condition? What would you wish that your mother knew back then or how would, what would you want her to know in order for her to support you through this? I think it would just be look at other options early. Don't just assume that the medication is best for you. Look at any alternative options that are available. Research as much as possible and research of why why has the disease disappeared? What has caused it? Look at, you know, reversing it. What 
what has caused it so you can take a few steps back and go, okay, if I don't do this, if I make these changes, it will reverse it. Mm, keep going, keep going. Advice. Tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> I think just education. We No one really knows anything, so we've got to get out there and, you know, look into all the diseases and look into what's caused it, what we're eating as well because, you know, all disease is based around food. If we're – look at your diet, I think, and because mums are controlling what their kids are eating, just – Look at the people around you and what you're surrounded with. How are they feeling? And look at what they're eating. What changes can be made? Madison, why do you think you got ill as opposed to there would have been other mums feeding their children the same as what your mum and dad were doing or what your parents were doing? Why do you think you got this illness? I think cause as a child, I didn't want to eat healthy. I didn't like healthy food. So I was just having nuggets and chips every night. That's all I wanted. I, when I was little, I refused to even look at a vegetable. Were you a strong-willed little poppet? <laughs> Very. <laughs> I think also I was the last of five kids so at this stage. Mum had just given up on pushing to eat a vegetable. Oh, you're the last of five. So uh, any of your other siblings um, got any health problems? They all do, but they are all overweight and choose not to look at alternative options. They're not watching what you're doing and they're not asking. I think their frame of mind is they're sick, they want to be sick, not think about it. Their lifestyle choices, they're, they're not interested in changing them. Wow, you are the the um, square peg in the round hole, aren't you? <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, a little bit of a trailblazer. I yeah, think. I think a little bit of a trailblazer because once your once your family and your friends and everybody starts to see that this is sustainable, it's continuing to go on. You know, when the time's right for everybody, they'll all start to pay attention from different perspectives and different points of view. But I think you're being so strong-willed, obviously, since you were little. Um, you know, you are. You are, tra- you are blazing a trail for your whole family, which is a real, which is a real credit to you, I think, mm. Madison. I think it's, it's fantastic. Go and register the domain in Madison right, right now. <laughs> Go and get your blog, Madison's Movement, up there. Madison, I think Madison. it's amazing. And I'll, I, Sorry. from a holistic point of view, my only thought is, is, is to look at not just what you were eating but to also look at how you managed your mental state, how you manage yourself holistically mm-hmm. because a lot of people feel like they can go on a diet, they can change what they're eating but it's not sustainable. You know, they can't do it for a long period of time because they feel like it flies against what they really want to do. So for you to make that level of change and sustain it, that's not just about the food. That's about your tenacity. That's about your commitment to yourself. It's about who you believe yourself to be and how much power you believe yourself to have. So I think, you know, that's, that in and of itself is going to speak volumes to, to the people who are going to follow you. Karen, do you think that, That's just my 10 cents worth. No, I think it uh, – do you think, Karen um, – and I know we both we all think this way, but do you think the way Madison was thinking was as big a role as the nutrition um, that 
it changes, even against the family. This is what blows me away, Madison, is that you, your family was against you, kind of. Um, they're not following you. There must be something in your mental state, and I'd like Karen to address that because she's the expert on the old mental thing. <laughs> <laughs> she's quite mental. <laughs> I love the way you say mental. <laughs> yeah, look, if you, if, you want my, if you want my honest opinion, yeah, I do. I think that the mental side of things or the psychological side of things is just as vital as the nutritional side of it. I think they go hand in hand. And with what you did when you were 12 years old, it's hard to really know specifically what you put yourself through there to be able to forge forward. Um because obviously we're years down the track now, but I think if you can somehow allow yourself to go back and revisit your recipe as to how you managed yourself mentally, physically and emotionally, I think that you'll be giving a very holistic approach because I think, you know, when you do look at families, it's, it's, it fascinates me beyond belief that you can have three kids or five kids all living in the same environment, yet each one of them is so unique and so different. And it's kind of like what we were talking about on one of the other podcasts where, you know, you're carrying generations worth of DNA in your body. It's not just about what you have in this lifetime. It's generations that have gone before you that have been passing on cellular memory and cellular traumas, cellular experiences, and the way that it's made itself manifest in your body has obviously been through, you know, the illnesses and the sicknesses that you've expressed here. So I think to be able to look at everything that occurs in a person's um, body holistically, it doesn't actually just mean looking at where you are mentally today or now, where you are nutritionally now. I, I honestly believe it it, it it means going back and having having a look in previous lifetimes, not ju- not lifetimes, but generations, not just at what was there physically, but what was there emotionally and mentally, because everything embeds itself on a cellular level. And then that's that's what gets passed down from parent to child. So I think it's a it's a much bigger equation to what we know it to be. And um, I think that your Willingness to break the cycle now, Madison, is like you. It always takes me back to the matrix. I know this is really weird, but you are the one in your family and in your sphere of influence. You're the one. So the responsibility that you feel and the desire that you feel to really begin to get this message out there—that's for yourself first and foremost, for your family, second, for your community, third, you know, for the planet, fourth, I think you are the one. You're one of many, but you are definitely the one to begin to break the cycle. And if you can really see that as a gift and an opportunity, which I really believe that you already do, you already see your experiences as an enormous gift and you're utilising that gift to make this world a better place. I say hats off to you, girlfriend, and I say go get them. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I think that's what at the time when I was so sick, I kept thinking, why me? Why am I the only one out of my friends sick? What have I done to deserve this? And now looking back on it, it really is a blessing in disguise that, okay, I've experienced that. I've made the change. Now I need to get the message out there. I was you know, looking around my family and just thinking, I don't want to be like you. I don't want to, you know, be sick and just 
you put up with it. I wanted to change. I knew that there was healthy people out there. What were they doing? How could I be like them? Oh, I medicine, have you seen any of your beautiful questions? Yeah. Have you seen any of your friends from, from school? Have they have you caught up with anybody? Have they noticed the change? Has anyone seen you? Yeah, definitely. Um, just when I'm out and about and things, which I wasn't before, it's, oh, you know, haven't seen you in a while. How come you're out? And it's because I'm healthy. I can go out. I can do normal things like everyone else. Have you got a boyfriend? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're such a touch, Mary. <laughs> so where are, you, where are you at now, Madison? Like what is what, where, where are you at now with your health and in terms of, um, yeah, diagnosis? What's what's the what's the feedback? Uh, at the moment, I'm waiting on um, colonoscopies and things like that, so I can track and see what changes have actually yeah. been made. So that's I've on a three month waiting list at the moment to get that done. So I'm really keen to know what has changed because at the moment I'm just going with obviously how I feel. I don't know what my insides are doing, but I'm mm. maintaining my course of the probiotic and healthy eating and just taking it as I come. And, you know, if I research more and find out new ways to excel my health even more, I'm going to do it. I'll, I don't even know. I didn't know I could be this healthy. So how much healthier can I be pretty much? Are you on any medications? Oh, amazing. Um, I'm on... One of them, which I have for the arthritis, but I meant to. I'm not on the methotrexate anymore, which I was meant to. I am meant to have once a week. I'm completely off that. I'm on the Humira injection, which is meant to be fortnightly, and I only have one every three to four months. Wow. Yeah. So that's it. Was a big change, and I haven't had any steroids in a good year, which I was having steroids any every time I had a flare-up. I've had no flare-ups. Apart from the probiotics, are you on any other supplementation or are you using food solely as your supplementation and, and, and way of eating? Um, I do have some L-glutamine, uh, which I didn't have at the start. That was once I started noticing the changes, then I started, you know, experimenting with different things and that's just to repair the existing damage I had, but that's the only other thing. Other than that, it's just foods. So that's that's pretty amazing. Just to be on L-glutamine, um, the the food, which is the the beautiful um, fermented food, um, and food, and and to think that you have completely gone off all your medications apart from that one injection every three to four months, and hopefully. Maybe next time we speak to you in 12 months, let's say, we speak to you again and your blog has gone nuts and everybody is following you. Um, we might get you back again if we're lucky enough. Yeah. Do you still remember? <laughs> so what, what, what we decided, Madison's Movement. Well, that's out. That was I love a funny it. name, but I think you know. I love it. it. Yeah. Um, Madison, tell me. If, are you living on your own or are you still at home? I'm still at home, but my parents travel three, four, five months a year, so I'm very independent, which I was told, you know, wouldn't 
necessarily be the case. I would need someone to help me with day-to-day life chores and things like that. But I'm 100% independent. I wonder why people say things like that when they actually don't know. Mm. Um, do you cook? Are you a lover of food? Do you like cooking now? Is it, is it something you're really interested in too? I love cooking. Good. I cook so in your book, we just need to have all your recipes. Love it. <laughs> Good. We need all your recipes in your blog as well, <laughs> is what I'm saying. And I'm expecting within 12 months your ebook on how you cured yourself. So I think you've got a lot ahead of you, my friend. <laughs> mm. That's funny. She stopped talking. Madison, are you still there? Yeah. <laughs> Madison, I want to ask you one other question. Who are your yeah. mentors, your go-to? Who are the people you look up to and, and that you're inspired by? What do you read and what do you follow? Don. 100% Don. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's like a, a, a big daddy, isn't he? Oh, he's a little daddy. <laughs> uh, um, I think. Reading Don's book was probably the biggest influence. And then... What's the name of the book again? Have You Got the Guts to Be Really Healthy? I I think because it's straight to the point. (laughs) That's Don. (laughs) That's Don. And it's... If you don't like it, we'll change it. You know, it's... I think he gives me the determination to do better and be better. And so good that you're... You know, that he's really taking you under his wing, you're working with him. Uh, I didn't realise you were working with him. I watched the video and then I tried to find you and I couldn't find you and finally I said to my Ruth, I said, Ruth, find this girl for me and then we finally find out you work for Don. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really important thing that's occurred for you in your life that I think the three of us would love to commend you on and that is, is that the angel came, there was a message you took action and then by taking action and having awareness of noticing the changes and what was occurring, then there was another gift from the universe and that Don wanted to have you work for him or with him. And I just want to say that to, to you as a message, as, a, as an example, that you know when life's not perfect and it sucks and there are times for all of us when it sucks, when you get up, and you take action and you take note and then you put it out there that there is that you know there is possibility of an opportunity there then to really believe in it and to know that people will notice so your gurus or the people out there that support you and I'm I'm talking to all our listeners here and people that you look up to when you take action and you make noise with that action by by creating change or, or, or making a difference or serving others or giving back, it is noticeable. And then your gurus out there are always looking for people to be alongside of them with as trailblazers. And I would imagine the injection that you've given into Don's business and into his life and Ruth, his wife, would be very life-changing for them as well. So I would love to say to you, on behalf of you and your story, to people listening to this, that we can make a change and that together we become far more greater in a synergistic effect by working together through the trouble or the the problem or the disease. There is a way and there is always hope. And if nothing you've given me today is 
the awareness of our youth and that there are young people very willing to mm. to learn and to be open and to be suggestible but also willing to do the research. So I just want to say thank you for that because the people that come to the three of us that want to work with us or alongside of us, the ones that we really take notice of are the ones that are trailblazing in their own way and not just looking to be a part of something. They want to make a difference as well. And do you think that's a fair comment, what you would say to other young people or people looking for opportunity is it doesn't land in your lap, you've got to take action too. Would that be a fair comment? Definitely. Just don't blend in with everyone else and settle. Don't, never settle and do the research. Know that there are better things out there and look for them. They won't come to you. You have to look for them. <laughs> You're a gem. You're an absolute gem and I know our oh, listeners yeah. are just going to love this hour that we have spent with you and I would say we'll want to follow you. So um, thank you so much, Madison, for and thank Don for letting you have this hour with us. I'm really appreciative of that. So because um, I, I said to um, Madison yesterday, I said, we could do it in your lunch hour. And then Don calls me and, and um, right after it and he just said, oh, you're going to be speaking to the, the young Madison. And I said, that's right. And so he um, he was so excited that you're going to, that you're on up for a chat and um, able to tell your story. So thank you so very much for um, taking this time and being so eloquent in how you have told your story. Um, I know Kim and I, we're sitting here together and we, we keep looking at each other's goosebumps. So, you know, to give us goosebumps, you'll be giving everybody our goosebumps and, and our ha's as well. You You seem to have a way of explaining it um, so beautifully, as well as giving our hearts to us. So um, I thank you for that. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to get my message out there. And I hope that it does get out there and more and more people know that you don't have to settle. You can, there's other options out there. That's all I would get out there is there's other options. That's gorgeous. Well, you know, I think that the best way for our listeners to be able to reach out to you, Madison, could necessarily be through our Facebook page. Do you guys, do you guys think that could be a good way to yeah. get some questions to Madison if our listeners have got that? Yes. Okay. So. Just so, until she gets her blog going, yes, well, and her ebook <laughs> and her app and her YouTube <laughs> channel and yeah. her, yeah, you know, all of that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Madison, I hope you're taking this, Pete. <laughs> So, Madison, while you're doing that, um, for all of our listeners, if you've got some questions for our beautiful guest today, just go to our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. Now, whatever questions you post there, we will personally post a, um, a note to uh, to you, letting you know that we will be in touch with Madison on your behalf. And then, um, Madison, we can certainly reach out to you directly. What we can also do too is give Don a bit of a plug for his website. Hey, I mean, given that he's really helping um, you out and and to, um, you know, get the message across to other people as well. I think the more people that we've got out there sharing this kind of platform, I think the better it is. 
So for Tom's website, it's all the W's dot dot com. So newfirm.com or all the W's dot probioticfoods.com.au. But we'll make sure that though all of the websites are there in the um, in the show notes. But also most importantly for everybody, you know, I think what today's show has also done for me, it's just been a renewed focus on the probiotics and the work that Cindy does. Mm. And I mean this from the bottom of my bottom, and I know that you're probably not even expecting me to say this, Cindy, but I think that, you know, you and I'm not yourself are a trailblazer when it comes to bringing people's awareness to them having other options and having other choices and not just settling, just as Maddie said here. And I think that, um, you know, you working with Dom to bring us your beautiful probiotics formula, I think that, you know, Madison is one story of many of people who have had great transformations in their health and well-being. And, you know, I want to actually encourage more of you guys who have experienced massive alterations in the way that you feel to make it known to us and to also go to our Facebook page again at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for chat and let us know if your story is similar to Madison's based on what you've experienced simply through the help of the probiotics. Because I know that this is going to be a little bit left of centre, but as I've been sitting here listening to a very human story, you know, my story, I don't have kids, but I do have my animals. And Cindy's probiotics was my first go-to along with frankincense oil when my little boy Jet, um, my fur-legged, fluffy little, handsome little, beautiful little man, <laughs> when he um, developed cancer, um, that was my first go-to as well as bone broth. And now I have a beautiful, healthy, handsome man who doesn't have cancer. So, um, you know, I think it's quite miraculous. So I just, yeah, I think that there are probably many stories, Cindy, that we could bring some light to. And thanks, mm. Madison, for yeah. um, sharing your story with us, my love. You're amazing. Mm. Thank you so much. Pleasure. So this brings us to the end of today's podcast again. Go to all of our all the w's.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. Put your, your questions and your comments right there and everything that we've just discussed. You can also go to all the w's.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. So make sure that you tune in here next week on up for a chat and become part of the ripple effect changing the world. Big love, everybody. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.